Welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. Hey, Jeremy, welcome to our scrambled calendar of recordings. <laughs> How are you doing this week? Good. Which is uh, shortly after build, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's been fun. We, um, what is it, out of the pan into the fire. We're now in planning season for the next six months. So lots of um, six pages to write about what the team's going to do and um, what we're going to try and achieve and um, then kind of getting everyone's opinions on that. And so, yeah, it's been good to kind of have a bit of a break and then get straight into doc writing. Oh, I suppose I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, give me code. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, this episode now, there'll be a little bit delay between when we uh, record and when we publish, but we're going to cover some highlights of build and some stuff that we found this week. And so let's dive right in. First link I want to talk about is a, a blog post from Alex Simmons, who is a VP of some sorts in the Azure Identity team. <laughs> the VP of some sorts. That's awesome. He is a corporate vice president of program management for the identity division. Yeah, it's, it's pretty important, Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Alex. <laughs> the gist of this post is that the Azure AD PowerShell module is going away. And the going forward, we'll use the Microsoft Graph PowerShell SDK, which we also call a module. So yeah, yeah, good to see another team getting on board with behind the graph, and off we go. It, it, it took a, quite a while to get the blog post out to explain this. I'm not entirely sure why, but it did. And if you actually read the comments, there's a lot of like follow-up questions from the community, and there's a lot of smart people from the identity side kind of responding with some more detailed answers. So there isn't much to say in the blog post other than that PowerShell is the way forward with the graph generated stuff, which is done with AutoRest. What it does mean, which is good, is that essentially identity are going to focus on getting everything onto the graph, which they have been doing. So essentially their, their philosophy is everything that's in the UI of Azure AD will always be in an API in the graph. And therefore, will benefit from the PowerShell SDK and the CLI that we're going to be gen generating too, and obviously all of our different language SDKs as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's good they've come up with that stance. And as I say, read the comments to see the common questions that you'll see on, you know, from the community who are using the Azure AD commandlets and CLI right now. Having just done a whole bunch of Microsoft Graph PowerShell against Active Directory in the last week or two. So it's nice to see that uh, everyone's all aligned. Stars are all aligning. So great. Thanks, Alex, for clearing that up. The next one I found is an article about using release annotations in Azure DevOps. And so for quite a while now, there has been a DevOps task to put an annotation in your application insights resource. The idea, of course, being it's just a little indicator of some sort that a build was pushed. So if you're looking at a history of, of what's happening in your app insights or, or I'm sorry, your Azure monitor visualizations, you can see, you know, the effect of, of a deployment had. And so this really isn't earth shattering news. But if you were using the specific task from before, you want they're saying don't use it. All the built in Azure deployment tasks that they have will automatically do these annotations for you. So certainly worthwhile to, to make sure you're doing that. If you are doing a continuous deployment. I remember having to write a lot of code to do that back 10 years ago. I think my blog post still gets a lot of hits based on that, that approach. So it's good to see they're kind of doing stuff like that in there. 
Yeah, and actually the, the, the pipeline that we're using has a, a PowerShell command to, to do a similar thing because for some reason it wasn't working. <laughs> I don't remember all the history. So yeah, I've worked to do my stuff in that. So yeah, good to see. Next one I found is um, posted by the Microsoft Teams organization that change notifications extended for federated chats, which is kind of a big deal for for you know a four sentence blog post <laughs> the idea of course here is that if you have uh, changed notifications for microsoft teams messages today june 2nd they are announcing that uh, conversations that are across multiple federated tenants are included and my parsing of that statement means if we have guest users in a chat we can now get notifications about those conversations yeah that's one-on-one -on -one group chats and meetings as well, um, which is good. Yeah, nice to see that moving around. Next couple links that we'll have in the show notes are, are regarding build. The first one I wanted to call out was there's a whole blog post summarizing Visual Studio Code at build 2021. And the key thing that really caught my interest is custom notebooks. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to see those yet. Um, have you, I know it was part of the Hanselman keynote and as well as the special thing, the, the idea around a custom notebook is I can have a f multiple cells and the cell can either have code or markdown or output from the code. So have you seen the, this stuff demoed yet? Yeah, and actually there was one session I'd recommend you re watching at build. It is that application development Scott Hanselman and Friends one. There's a bunch of really cool demos in it. I kind of like the way that they're, they did it too. It's like the office satirical type thing. It's kind of fun. You know, it's very Scott. And um, it's nice to see some of the other crew being there and having, you know, a lot of demo demo time in there too. Um, so definitely go check that out. But uh, the notebook stuff uh, already, Christos Maskus has been kind of reaching out to say, hey, look, here are some graph ones we've built. So if you haven't looked at the notebacks and VS codes, I definitely, definitely check it out. Yeah, it's part of the VS Code Insiders, which I haven't installed just yet, but it's this is going to push me over the over the edge, I think, to get that installed and do that. So great to see that. And so we've got a link to that there. We also have a link in here for um, all sessions from Build, as well as the develop Microsoft 365 Developer playlist. Yeah, so there's a there's a YouTube playlist that has like all of the on-demand videos for the whole of it. And so if you kind of add that, you can like sit there and flip through that on your TV with a YouTube app or on your phone or iPad or whatever you're using. For the Microsoft 365 developer YouTube channel, which some of you probably already are aware of, there is a Microsoft Build 2021 session playlist that specifically lists the M365 ones because they're not easy to decipher by looking through the you know 100 sessions that are for all of Build. So they've kind of curated one for Microsoft 365 developers, which is good. Yeah, thanks for uh, pointing those out. That's great to see. The last one I just want to call out is that there is an event coming June 24th. So what's next for Windows? Yeah, lots of buzz on Twitter about this. Yeah, so interesting to see what, what that really means. Not that I write any Windows code myself, but I'm sure it will impact a bunch of folks. It's certainly uh, worthwhile to see on that. And that wraps up our Microsoft links this week. Um, popping over to the community, kind of tying into a show from a week or so ago. Uh, we had Minkel Svensson on to talk about the search and the PNP Modern Search web parts have a new release. Uh, 4.2.0 was released as well as a, a, a patch to the 3.0 stuff as well. So great to see those web parts moving along, uh, staying current. Great to see that. Oh, I listened to that podcast actually on my commute, dropping off my daughter to daycare. It's a really good show. I haven't heard Mikhail's voice for a while. And um, it was interesting, some of the things he was sharing, like 
he's so close to the world we live in in our team now, but yet we still haven't quite worked with him. So it's kind of funny to hear everything he's working on, all the people he works with are people that we're like day-to-day working with. So it's just, you know, it's funny how big the uh, the company is sometimes. That is, that's amazing. And and the thing I, I thought is he, he made comments that, hmm, search is touching on all these different things. And it, it's exciting to see where this goes. I, I Obviously, I wish the pace was faster, <laughs> but that's just, you know, impatientness. But uh, yeah, so that great to see the search stuff stuff coming and, and if you're interested in search definitely check out the session i did at build um with rabia williams because we like the whole session is about microsoft search um and it kind of ties into the graph and you know it shows a lot of really really cool features so definitely check that out if you haven't already yeah and and so we, there's a link to that in there as well um even though it says data connectors kind of in the title it does relate to search so so that's uh that's in there as well and the uh the last community link selfishly posting this one i did an article it kind of uses the Azure Active Directory parts of Graph uh, to query all the applications that you have created in your tenant mm. and look for expiring credentials. That's cool. Yeah, you know, we kind of talked about that when Christos was on a while ago. We kind of talked a little bit about that as well. But um, if you have everything in, in Key Vault, you can get a notification when a certificate's going to expire, et cetera. But what if you're not in that or, or for whatever reason you're not, you don't have it set up? So part of the graph.community samples, there is a simple routine that shows you how to do a query against the, the application objects and get the credentials and see what the expiration date is and, and dump it out. So I kind of want to highlight those samples. There's samples in there about uh, doing all kinds of things, including how to log diagnostics of what's going on. So worth, uh, worth checking out, I think. So this week on the show, you, we, we interviewed Aicha, which was a, a kind of a tangent or a complimentary recording to your build session, right? And so uh, she was gracious to come on and talk about the change notifications and stuff on that. Yeah, and so um, that was actually another session. There was two main graph sessions, well, three. If, uh, with, uh, it was an on-demand session, which I guess after the fact doesn't matter, right? There's three graph sessions. Um, there was the search one, which covered graph connectors and universal actions, uh, there was one that was on Graph Toolkit, which Beth panned with Ika Bass, who's in this podcast, which is on um, Graph Toolkit and all of the event receiver stuff that she's going to talk about today. Um, and then Nick Chalabar and my team did one on the Data Connect uh, stuff as well. So th- th- this is good. I think this adds different amounts of value to the actual build session. So you could listen to this and then uh, go check out the video to see the visuals of what she actually talks about in the podcast. Yeah, great stuff. Off we go. All right, buddy. Have a good week and we'll chat next time. Cheers, buddy. This week on the podcast, we're welcoming Aicha Bash. Welcome. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jeremy. Did he get it right? Yeah, exactly. That was perfect. See that? Every once in a while. I'm impressed. That must be the first time. <laughs> was that story about a broken clock, right? <laughs> well, welcome back on the show. I know you were on a few uh, few episodes back. Uh, I wasn't on that recording, but I'm, I'm glad to finally meet you. And, and why don't you introduce yourself to our new listeners and reacquaint yourself with our existing listeners? Hi, everyone. My name is Aicha, and I'm a cloud advocate at Microsoft. I work related with Microsoft Graph and Teams for developers. We usually collaborate a lot with Jeremy's team to create content, and um, we also build and speak on a lot of different events. And this week, we are going to also talk about something very different. So I'm really excited to get into it. All right. And what we're going to get into initially, at least, is uh, based on a blog post from early April where 
the general availability was announced for Microsoft Graph change notifications through Azure Event Hubs. So there's a lot to unpack there. So let's start with what are change notifications for Microsoft Graph? So change notifications is actually a very critical topic for Microsoft Graph. We have change notifications for different data sets, such as uh, Teams chats, Outlook calendar events, Outlook mails, uh, OneDrive files, so on and so forth. And we use change notifications in many different projects to track what's happening, if there's any change, if there's anything new created, updated, or deleted in the current data set. So there's something new about this. So I'm really excited to cover that today with change notifications with Azure Event Hubs. Yes, and Event Hubs now, no, so what, back in the day, we called these uh, webhooks type of thing. But since we're not using webhooks necessarily with the Azure Event Hub, so again, let's give us just an intro. Of what is an Azure Event Hub and why do I want to use that for these notifications? Sure. First of all, I'm super excited uh, that Microsoft 365 technologies are now uh, working together with Azure uh, technologies uh, as well. Uh, Azure Event Hubs uh, is a technology where we can and uh, digest and also distribute data in real time. So we use Azure Event Hubs in many different scenarios uh, for, let's say, when there's a big data set, definitely Azure Event Hubs is there for collecting data and maybe in the real time cr to create real time dashboards or Azure Event Hubs is also there when it comes to IoT scenarios, if you need to track changes in, let's say, an IoT system or again, if you need to create a real-time uh, apps notifi app notifications about security, um, so on and so forth, Azure Event Hubs is always a part of the project. This time, we are combining Azure Event Hubs with change notifications in Graph, which is amazing because uh, Microsoft Graph also has a connection with huge data set in it, Microsoft 365. So handling this huge data set is really important for us when it comes to Graph. In this case, Azure Event Hubs is just an alternative to the traditional webhooks. And I think it's a great way of consuming change notifications with the Event Hub. So in this case, we're just creating notification URL with Event Hubs instead of using the traditional webhooks. It's kind of funny because we do get a lot of, I guess, feedback on calling them change notifications in our docs and purposely the word webhook is littered through that page. So if someone did search for Microsoft Graph webhooks, they would land on that page. And often we get the, why don't you just call it webhooks? And we we always knew that we needed to do more than one delivery mechanism for notifying someone of a change of something happening in an entity resource in on the graph. And so, you know, we try to keep the topic change notifications for that reasons, because, you know, webhooks is one delivery mechanism, which is relying on, you having an API that we can call to let you know an event got deleted or changed. Um, and now in this case, having an uh, event event hub container that we can drop that notification in and then you can kind of pop it off that queue. So that's kind of, it finally gives the explanation of why we call them change notifications and not just calling them webhooks. This event hub container that you've referenced now, so as a customer, I need to bring that along. Is that right? I, I, I have to set that up and then subscribe to the events, giving that 
information to Microsoft or is it provisioned for me when I sign up or uh, what's the, the setup for that? Yes, so in the event hubs, um, of course you need Azure subscription to create event hubs. And then once you create event hubs, you can create multiple different event hub hubs in the event hubs. And when you create event hubs, you can give access to uh, some specific applications. And we already have a Microsoft Graph change tracking Active Directory application registered for us. Well, we are configuring, configuring that application to be able to connect with our uh, change notifications in Graph. And the rest is just exactly the same with traditional webhooks. We just need to create subscription for the change notifications. And instead of creating a notification URL for the webhook, we need a notification URL for the event hubs connection string, which should be through Azure Key Vault. But it's very simple to set this up. Then you're good to go. Your event hubs will start receiving your notifications uh, from change notifications. And then the rest is just on you. You can have multiple different outputs from event hubs. You can either use that uh, store your data in the databases or event hubs has a different kind of uh, outputs such as Power BI or um, let's say Cosmos DB or some other outputs that you may uh, consider such as Azure Functions, so on and so forth. So it's totally uh, depending on your project, your scenario, but there's a lot you can do after you start receiving the data. If I'm already listening or getting webhook notifications, is it a lot of work then to, to transition? I'm guessing I just need to read the event hub instead of waiting for the call directly, right? Yeah, uh, basically that's all. Is the payload the same? Payload is exactly the same. What we receive from change notifications will be exactly the same. The only thing will be the endpoint will be different. So where data goes will be different in this case. Yeah, and then one of the things to bear in mind is the reason we did this was we had a lot of customers that our webhook delivery system is not transactional. If your API is down or it doesn't respond, our webhooks um, essentially won't retry. Um, and so you'd lose that event. So if you were using this in the UI or for a business critical thing and you weren't using this in combination with Delta queries to catch those changes, um, that can cause all sorts of problems in your business application. So the Azure Event Hubs essentially allows you to ensure that that gets dropped into the hub and then you pop it off the hub and remove it once, once you're done. And then obviously the price comes into it. So how would you explain that, Aisha? <laughs> price for it, um, so, uh, it, it is part of the notification, but I think the good part for the event hubs is that you can set up stuff according to your project. If the notifications are increasing, you can change and change the elasticity of the event hubs, or you can make it smaller. So basically, depending on the data coming every single day, every single second, you can customize your event hub size. The, best thing about event hubs for us is actually, I have a great example for such scenario. A year ago, uh, I was in a project in uh, one of the government and they were looking forward to create some of the business dashboards regarding Microsoft Teams. But since it is the government, there were millions of people's data coming back and forth. In this case, I think tracking change notifications through event hubs is really critical because it tracks everything real time, first of all, and it can handle uh, thousands of data in second. So 
this is something definitely different than webhooks and it might be really easier for developers to handle such big scenarios. Yeah, and there's a pricing calculator on the Azure website, which I went through with a partner the other day. Um, and so the basic and standard tier is a maximum throughput units of 20 up to one meg per second of ingress events and up to two meg per second of egress events. With that, if you had a, um, a million events, it would basically cost you 0.028 cents per million events. So you, you there's got to be a lot of activity in your M365 environment for you to get a scary bill here. Um, I challenge you. And then there is a, an additional cost on throughput and they, they define it as a throughput unit and it's based on the 730 hours and and that $0.015. You know, there's a lot of partners that are using this where, you know, the bill is not going to be, you know, more than, you know, $200 or something a month to run this, but it gives you that transactional um, aspect, which I think is really, really cool. So it is, it's been really popular with partners and it's great to see this go out in GA. When you were at Build, Aicha, did you, how did you demo this? What did you show as a scenario here? I demo this scenario connecting event hubs with Logic Apps. And uh, there, there is a pre-built component in the Logic Apps we can use whenever there's a change, whenever there's an event in the event hubs, we can get this event and then do something with the data. Um, so the data we're getting is the traditional change notifications data, which is JSON. So we parse the JSON and then we send notifications to the users, whoever receives events in their calendar. Like you have a new event in your calendar through Teams Flowbot. So this is just one side of it, but uh, I would love I would love to uh, try using this in Power BI scenarios too, because this is something challenging for a lot of companies, partners. I would love to really see real time data coming and going uh, directly through event hops to the Power BI. I think that would be something really cool. Yeah, you know, it kind of makes sense. If, if you're doing real time processing of data somehow, somewhere, this really just makes it easy to say, okay, any Microsoft graph or Microsoft 365 data can just add, be added to that s solution without any extra work, which is kind of nice, right? And to Jeremy's point about price, I think if you if you need real-time information, you already have the infrastructure for real-time. You're already paying for that already. So, right, this is just, you know, bringing your your data into the, the the solution i really i really think that can be compelling in some scenarios but but i i want to assume that i can still do this if i don't need real time i can still do the delta sync and all the other queries as as before all that will still work right Yes, definitely. I mean, of course, support for the traditional webhooks will always continue. I mean, uh, that's the maybe comment Jeremy has to give, but this is just another way of getting change notifications. It is not a, a let's say, new way, but it is a another way, uh, just like an alternative to the current webhook model. I, I think the, the comment you made earlier on was spot on, which was that you know, it's great to see more integration between our clouds. And by clouds, I mean, there's an Azure cloud and Microsoft 365 cloud and the Dynamics cloud. And the fact that we're getting that integration between the M365 cloud and Azure is is good. And obviously, 
you know, if, if it's it's pulling ACR, Azure consumed revenue, um, there's always a good thing for all the field sellers out there at Microsoft and developers out there. And so, you know, that's going to happen. But no, webhooks will always exist. And actually, the one thing that really surprised me, which I think I mentioned in an intro to one of our podcasts a few weeks ago, was it kind of surprised me that this just worked for all the same entities that work for webhooks. And that was kind of a bit of a high five fist pump to the engineering group in the identity org that built this capability generically on now graph like endpoint, because, you know, that's not usually what happens at Microsoft, you know, like you're like, well, we'll release it for and it'll support user object, but it won't work for any others. So the fact that, you know, if you're already doing webhooks with the graph and you're doing it with, you know, through that mode and you want to use Azure event hubs instead like it'll support those same entities which is hats off to that team for making it work like that so that's very very cool yeah exactly the only thing you have to change is when you create the subscription everything will be 100 percent the same except the notification url you will uh, change the notification url with event hubs uh notification url and that is all you do. The rest is uh, as long as the Microsoft Graph resources, which has the change notifications capability available, then you can just try out event hubs and see how it is working. What's the, um, you know, with the subscriptions of webhooks, you have to keep resubscribing because they the subscription expires. What's the duration of an Azure Event Hub subscription versus a webhook one? Do you know that? No, actually, this one is something I, I handled through the Event Hubs SDK. So if you use Event Hubs SDK in the code, in any any of the uh, code style or the code language you're using, I think this is something you can handle with the SDK itself because the notification transferring and the subscription uh, phase will be directly through the graph SDKs and the event hubs SDK. So um, I don't have 100% information about this, but this is something you can handle in the code. Yeah, now the other thing that was interesting, at least when no, these first came out, I would typically get just a, like the idea of what changed and I'd have to call back and get that information. So is that still the, the, the model we have to do even if it comes in through the event hub? Yeah, uh, are you talking about the subscription? Well, what, so when the I have a subscription, and when something changed, uh, a user is added to a group, or you know, I changed my name, or, or a new chat message, or whatever. Originally, I remember I would get a notification, and then the payload would have like the ID of the mailbox or the ID of the user, and then I had to go and call back into that and see to get the latest version of the data. And, and I know there was some talk about extending that, and I'm curious if that comes in through the Event Hub as well, where am I getting just the idea or do I get some of the data about the object itself? Oh, that's a great question. This is another topic I talked uh, during build. Uh, in the same presentation. I guess you're referencing rich notifications, right? Well, I never know what the names are of these things, so I figured I'd let you <laughs> explain it. Yeah, sorry. I know I noticed in our documentation, I always call it rich notifications too, because that was what yeah. we called them internally. But in our docs, we call it getting notifications with resource data. So the with resource data is the important part there. All right, so what is with resource data? <laughs> <laughs> so as long as uh, the Microsoft Graph uh, workload, let's say there's an Exchange workload, Teams, and other workloads in Microsoft 365, as long as they support rich notifications, let's say, as long as they support resource data in the change notifications, then we can receive the 
resource data through Event Hubs as well. Uh, so this is supported for Teams workload currently. I think it was announced last year. And this year, we announced that it will be available for Exchange workload too. So this is pretty exciting because the, this really saves time from the developers, I believe. But when you receive rich notifications, uh, basically change notifications with resource data, then you don't need to do another graph get call to check what is happening in the notification. You receive everything from scratch uh, with the full data so you understand what's happening in the data, uh, which is pretty cool. And how do app permissions or delegated permissions tie into this? Obviously, I don't want to be getting resource data about an object I'm not allowed to see. So can you speak a little bit about how, how the, the permissions fit into the object plus the subscription? So uh, there are different way, ways of consuming rich notifications that change notifications with resource data. If you're looking for, I mean, if as long as your work workload you're looking forward to use, let's say you would like to use Teams uh, workload, as long as it's allowed to use application permissions, then we can also uh, consume that in our app and get data accordingly. But currently, uh, we can also use rich notifications in the delegated versions. Uh, but uh, for the cases like Teams, let me give you an example, chat messages for the entire organization. In this case, we will need application level permissions. And of course, we will need admin consent to do that. In the Azure Active Directory part, we will definitely need grant from the admin uh, for the chat messages. And then the ad admin will be able to call out the old chat messages from Teams uh, through change notifications. In this case, this is something we can get you, uh, with resource data as well. There are some other things available, like getting all channel messages, um, so on and so forth. There's documentation available uh, for that right next to the event hubs. And there's a, sorry, but then there's a little bit more complexity to accessing that data, right? Because obviously, if it's going over the pipe like that, that is real customer data rather than a webhook just sending you an, a GUID. So what other security concerns and what do you have to kind of do to get over that hurdle as a dev? Currently, when we um, call change notifications with resource data, there are certain things we need to add in our subscription. It is not a traditional subscription anymore. If you need to see resource data, then you will need the encryption certificate in your subscription. Uh, basically, we are first encrypting data to make sure that data is not visible for everyone during the transaction. And then once you receive the data, once you receive notification with the uh, resource data, then you will have to decrypt the data. This is kind of a secure, secure way for us to create subscription and start tracking the changes. And as long as you have rights to decrypt it, then you can see the changes going on in the notifications. And, and that's a certificate that I'm providing to you as part of the, as the creation of the subscription? Or is that just a pointer to Key Vault, or what's that kind of look like in the in the API surface? So there are different ways of creating this uh, certification. If you use traditional webhooks, you will need to provide the certification. But if let's say you would like to consume Event Hubs, then 
You can also do exactly the same thing using traditional webhooks versus event halves. The process is exactly the same. The output will be different. Uh, in this case, in the event hub scenario, we can also uh, create certificate using Azure Key Vault, and then we can get the certificate and use for encryption and decryption process. Because when we're using Azure Event Hubs, we will need to consume uh, Azure Key Vault anyways because of the security reasons. We are able to connect with Azure Event Hubs through Azure Key Vault. We keep our connection string in the secret of the Azure Key Vault. That's why we use the Vault URL, which is the Key Vault URL, and also the secret name. Uh, that means we never touch to the touch base real connection string in Event Hubs. Same case for uh, creating the certificate for encryption and decryption. It is also available for Azure Key Vault to be able to create certificates and then consume it in uh, Event Hub scenario. So that is a little bit different than I guess that I have to do when I receive the notification, right? Because the, the payload is encrypted when I get it or is the Event Hub service decrypting it for me? So payload is encrypted when you get it. Okay. And uh, you have to decrypt it. And I assume we'll find a sample somewhere uh, that uh, we can put in the show notes for folks to, to see how that code works. Yes. Yeah, so actually, there is a great documentation, three documentations available under the same path. One is how to work uh, with Azure Event Hubs using change notifications. The other one is how to get notifications with resource data. And another documentation is about rich notifications, consuming rich notifications by creating subscriptions in general. I think these are really great uh, documentations to start learning about all these. Yeah, one, one ask is if there are webhooks or Azure Event Hub change notifications that you're interested in we don't support today, um, when you go to graph.microsoft.com, you can go over to the resources in the top navigation and, and to support. And um, in on that page, there's a feature request box that takes you over to uh, the new feature request experience we have within the tech community in Microsoft.com. And so it, it'd be great if you could submit anything there that you require because we're feeding that team right now on what the roadmap would look like for our next semester of planning, which starts in July. And um, signals like that really help us to understand, you know, what what we need to go do, what the priorities should be for the engineering groups. Yeah, I submit feature requests all the time. What my submissions? So it it will be visible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vote up, Aichers. <laughs> so um, where can we see you next, Aichers? Are you like you're you've been doing some other events and learn content? Where, where's the best places that developers can see more of the work you've been doing? That's a great question. So our team uh, works a lot on Microsoft Learn content. We try to create a lot of beginner content to introduce Microsoft Graph to the developers. And we also talk a lot about them in our YouTube channel. We are trying to rebrand our YouTube channel. We try to create uh, some cool videos like five steps to uh, start working with Graph or, um, you know, Microsoft Graph Toolkit can do what kind of uh, videos, really cool ones, five minutes or 20 minutes show and tell. If they go to ak.ms slash enter 65 YouTube, they will be directed to our Microsoft 365 developer YouTube channel. 
We try to create a lot of tips and tricks videos if they want to learn more about Microsoft Graph or Teams or Microsoft 365 developer technologies, they can check out our videos there. Well, that's great information. We'll certainly uh, share that link as well. And thanks so much for coming on and explaining all this new great tech to us and look forward to hearing about what's next. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. For listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at M365DevPodcast and check out our show notes at www.M365DevPodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. 